The episode you're about to hear was initially released as a Patreon exclusive. These episodes are typically shorter than the ones you're used to hearing, but we think they're still interesting, and we hope you'll agree. Hello and welcome to Something's Not Right. I'm Olivia. And I'm Tashauna. Tonight we are what, like 1,700 miles apart? I've never done the numbers, but it's far. Yeah, it's a long way. So we're doing this remotely. I hope everything sounds okay. If it doesn't, forgive us. <laughs> it won't always be that way. but um, It'll be okay. Yeah. So... A Patreon episode. We've been putting those out every month, but uh, haven't been putting out regular episodes, but we're getting ready to start doing that again. But Yeah, we've well, been working on your hit show, your hit limited series. Right. Well, um, I guess, should I just go on and get into this story? Of course. And I know nothing. I don't even know what this is about. You're just, just going in in the dark. I am, and that's okay. So our last, I'm kind of sticking with a theme here and we've got kind of a creepy this isn't a murder situation this is a little creepy sort of thing kind of creepy weird is probably more like it since it's october and also since i just got back from saint augustine i am gonna do the saint augustine monster (gasps) this kind of ties into uh last month's patreon episode too because i did the ghost ships and so it's like a you know, kind of a maritime situation. Oh, the monster is too? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So have you ever heard the term globster? Not since my last date. (laughs) No, actually, I don't know if I have. And I've heard of a lot of weird stuff. Well, neither had I until I started reading up on today's topic. So when a dead whale or other marine creature washes up on a beach, it's a carcass. However, oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, if go some ahead. unidentifiable dead blob washes up, they call it a blob, globster. Sorry, globster, blobster, not a lobster. So now you know. All okay, right. yeah, I know about the phenomena, but I guess I didn't realize that's what they call it when they don't know what it is. Yep, it's because I've seen the- all those. Yeah, those old photos of like those giant like squids and stuff. Yeah, and this is kind of like. I don't know, sort of the main one. So you've probably seen pictures of this. No. So we're taking it way on back to November 30th, 1896. And on that day, there were two little boys who were riding bikes on the beach on Florida's Anastasia Island, which is part of where it's where part of St. Augustine is located. And these two boys, Herbert Coles and Dunham Coretter, ran across a gigantic nasty smelling mass that they thought was probably a whale carcass and it was partially buried in the sand probably because of its weight you know kind of pushing it down Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was it was sort of hard to make sense of what it was 
The boys went to tell the founder of the St. Augustine Historical Society and Institute of Science, Dr. DeWitt Webb, about their find. In so naturally, he takes an immediate interest in this. Who wouldn't? Well, sure. I think it was kind of the evening, so he didn't come out there to the site until the next day. And because this creature had stumps that looked like they might have once been part of tentacles, Webb figured it was a giant octopus. But to give you an idea of the size of this thing, it was 21 feet long and about 7 feet wide. Damn. Yeah. And it was estimated to be around seven tons, so that's fourteen thousand pounds. Mm. Pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, to put that into perspective, the largest octopus, which is known today, I'm not sure if they had these figures back then, but the the largest known octopus is the giant Pacific octopus. And the highest weight anyone has ever claimed for a giant Pacific octopus was six hundred pounds. So that's, that's- that's considerably small. We have it considerably smaller than this thing in St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. So if this was an octopus, this would be a fucking monster. So That's some Jules Fern shit. Right? So a week later, Webb had some men photograph the creature. And these photos are easily located on the internet. You can find them in several of our source links for the episode that we'll provide. And those actually have their own history of being lost and found. And so I'll leave it to our listeners to read up on that um, just via our sources. It'll sort of take you to that information. This already sounds like a Disney movie or like right. a kid's movie where it's, like these kids find a thing and then they go and tell. I just imagine this story being kind of uh, a real character. Yeah, it it, it is kind of a, this is kind of like a lighthearted story which I think I needed to go that direction a little bit after spending so much time immersed in the Kathy Jones story that's probably why I've been watching The Office every night instead of murder shows I so I have to take breaks like that for right. sure right this is my globster break <laughs> so to start calling it the globster break yes I need a globster break You can also read some pretty detailed descriptions of the carcass from contemporary publications that are listed in the Wikipedia entry for the monster. I won't go into all of that. I mean, it was just like big and globby and gross, basically. Um, Now, because this thing was so massive, there obviously wasn't a reasonable way to haul it off somewhere for preservation. So it was still sitting on the beach in early January. If you'll recall, when they found it was November 30th. Oh, God. Time's passing. And I have been to St. Augustine in that time of year. I've been in January. And it's cool. It can be like in the 40s, but it doesn't get like super cold there. So. I just, I imagine there's a lot of room for nastiness there. Well, yeah, I imagine it just laying there rotting. And right. I mean, I guess for a while, maybe, excuse me, other animals or whatever Birds, would yeah. eat it. But that's a lot to eat, too. Mm. There's a lot of decaying yeah. flesh there. 
Well, it had to have affected the way it smelled like within a considerable distance. I would think so. Something of that size. Sometime in the first half of January, a storm actually swept it away. Oh. And they, they thought it was lost. But as luck would have it, it ended up being beached again about two miles south of its initial location, this time on Crescent Beach. So it washed up again. They found it. And this was around the time that Webb sent photos in a letter to Harvard's Museum of Comparative Zoology. But he got no response. And so because of that, he was like, okay, fuck y'all. I'll get in touch with somebody at Yale. (laughs) He he got in touch with this Yale professor, Addison E. Verrill. And Verrill jumped on the story and published his opinion in 1897 that the creature was a new species of octopus, which he named Octopus Giganteus Verrill. So... Stick his own name in there. I guess that's, that's what usually what they do when they name stuff. Even though he didn't find it, I think it should have been named after the kids. The, yes, I don't know. I don't know the naming conventions of this stuff, but but I'm voting for the kids. I'm sure, like everything, it's political. Yeah. Well, okay. So back to the size stuff. According to the New York Times, Verrill wrote. Quote, when living, it must have had enormous arms, each one a hundred feet or more in length, each as thick as the mast of a large vessel and armed with hundreds of saucer-shaped suckers, the largest of which would have been at least a foot in diameter. It's pretty gross. Now, if you'll remember that giant Pacific octopus that I was talking about, the maximum measured arm span for that guy is 30 feet. So, again, we're talking about something just beyond that on a scale of huge. It's pretty spooky. Yeah. Here is another fun detail. I don't know exactly when, but it sounds like it was maybe February of 1897 at the earliest. Webb got worried that the Atlantic might sweep the St. Augustine monster away for good. So he decided to move it closer to town, which is a few miles inland. Um, Yeah. (laughs) How how much are people going to appreciate that? So... To accomplish this major move, a team used what was described as, quote, six horses and strong tackle, tackle being moving equipment, to haul this decomposed carcass into town. (laughs) Wikipedia says it was taken to a spot on Anastasia Island called South Beach near a hotel, which, (laughs) yeah, must have been lovely for the people staying there, right? Oh, God. Um. I don't know. Actually, maybe it was. Apparently, a bunch of people came to check it out, and it was kind of this, like, de facto tourist attraction. I mean, and, I get the appeal. Yeah, yeah. And I and I hate that Wikipedia was such a big source for this. I read a few different articles, but that's where some of this is coming from. And sure. Wikipedia says that what happened to it after that is unknown. So... What I've decided to do is pretend that it's buried there, like, in an unmarked grave, and, you know, maybe it is. I don't know. I've, I, my mind immediately went to, I can't believe that they didn't want to dissect it. Well, they did. Um, oh, okay. 
And it looks like that's kind of coming up in my next paragraph. Here. Oh, sorry. I, must, <laughs> I, I may not have noted this, but um, Webb sent off tissue samples to, I guess, to Dr. Verrill. And so at some point later on, and I apologize because I could not figure out how much later on, but Verrill examined the tissue sample and then he realized that, oops, it seems that this is the upper portion of a sperm whale's head. <gasps> So this news is less exciting, less sexy than a giant octopus or some sort of sea monster. So that correction to the record didn't get a lot of media attention. Basically, Mm. the toothpaste was out of the tube, as they say. (laughs) Kind of like when you publish a study saying vaccines cause autism and then all these people believe it. And then later on, they figure out that, oh, no, they don't. But it's already out there. Yeah. (laughs) I... Now Look people are getting sick. I'm on my soapbox. Um, That's all right. I don't want a bunch of typhoid Mary kids running around infecting uh, stuff. Oh, yeah, listen. Killing as other an, kids. As an aside, uh, the Anaheim Ducks played here last night, and I was sitting next to some Anaheim fans who had kids with them, and we had been joking about how, like, oh, man, I bet those kids aren't vaccinated. And then, sure enough, the lady next to me, she's got this little boy on her lap, and he's coughing, and she's trying to tell him to cover his mouth. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? So, <laughs> like, you assume that because of where they were from? Yes. Well, because they had, Orange County had that big outbreak of it, and people were going to Disneyland. And In fact, I read something today on CNN about somebody showing up first at Starbucks and then at Disneyland with the measles. So, uh-huh. yeah, not cool, people. Vaccinations, no. do it. Wasn't Don't there a agree. episode about it? I believe so. Because, you know, like, you know, it's one thing if you're doing a disservice to your own kids, but then you're putting other people at risk. So Right, right. Seems kind of murdery. Anyway. I said this wasn't going to be a murder show, but now I'm, you know. We worked it in anyway. We worked it in. That's right. So anyway, he figures out, like, this is the upper part of a sperm whale's head. Media doesn't really pay much attention because that's not a fun story. People kind of move on. But then in the 70s and 80s, this story came back into the public, public consciousness after it got mentioned in some books and on some TV shows. Mm. And there was even one theory that it was the body of an alien. I I feel like I read somewhere that they may have, you know, worked this in with ancient astronaut theory. Everybody's favorite. Oh, so, my. Yeah. It's always aliens. But even though that guy said it was a sperm whale. Yeah. Even though. Well, yeah, I think that news just sort of didn't really get out. But to oh. the, this renewed interest in this creature led to further testing of the tissue samples. I think by then uh, the Smithsonian had those samples. I think they maybe still do. Man, the Smithsonian's um, huge. There's no telling what they got in there. Right? So they did some testing in 1971 comparing it to some other sea creatures. And at that point, scientists kind of believed, you know, this is octopus tissue, I guess. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, they were still going with that theory. Then hmm. testing in 1986 seemed to support that belief. Uh, 
But then there was some testing in the mid-90s, and it showed the tissue to be collagen from a mammal. What? And then finally, DNA tests were done in 2004 that ID'd the sample. And according to a Smithsonian article that I read, it was, quote, the collagen matrix that holds together whale blubber. Mm. So if I'm understanding everything I read correctly, it was basically some form of connective tissue for whale blubber. Well, so how big do sperm whales get? Do you know that? I don't know. I didn't didn't look that one up, but massive. I mean, I'm you know, I'm sure much, much bigger than any big octopus. Well, right. I was just wondering if even for a sperm whale, it was big. Uh, or if that's standard size. They didn't indicate that. That's something I really should have looked up. That's but, okay. Um, that's just more being an idiot and wanting to know. I think like a big ass whale is still way bigger than, you know, the biggest known octopus is, is kind of what's going on there. Because sometimes right. they're like school bus sized. Oh, they but, get they get big. So that Smithsonian article pointed out something kind of funny, and that is that scientists spent more than 100 years bouncing between this is a whale, this is an octopus, and and some other not-so-scientific people thought it was a cryptid or an ancient alien or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the end, those two little boys who found it in the first place were right. It was just part of a dead whale. I mean, that was what they thought it was. Should listen to those kids. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think, like, with a story like this, a lot of us are maybe a little bit disappointed when those facts come in and spoil sort of a fun mystery. Of course. And apparently even scientists might feel that way because I found this one quote. It was from this scholarly journal called the Biological Bulletin, but it was republished in New York Times. And what these scientists said was, quote, to our disappointment, We have not found any evidence that any of the blobs are the remains of gigantic octopods or sea monsters of unknown species. So they were a little bit bummed, too. And they were speaking. Sorry. sorry. (laughs) They were speaking about like multiple blobsters there because apparently there had been in that span of time, there had been quite a few of them that had washed up in some places. This is just probably maybe the best known of them but they did testing on any tissue they had and found out you know no real mystery there but it was kind of a fun that was sort of a fun journey well yeah i think well one i was gonna say i can see where scientists would be that way because if i had to venture to guess i would say that a lot of them probably before they got older they were probably really into science fiction and stuff like that right so it's that possibility and i think that's also why a lot of us like that kind of these kind of stories it's the idea that there's still things out there that we don't know about right and even if it's kind of scary it's still just like there's still new discoveries to be made yeah and i think as a scientist it would be pretty cool for them to be a part of a new discovery so it's it was a little disappointing all around but you know at least they got an answer and then there's that whole thing about how there's all these like species in like the deepest parts of the ocean that like people have never even seen 
Yep. And that's part of why the ocean kind of scares me. It is scary. There's a little little bit of a fear of that unknown of course. going on there. You just hope it doesn't get good and pissed off and they decide to just shoot up to the surface somehow. I don't know. I'm making Get stuff ya. up now, but you know. Well, everything I I just constantly think that there's something down there like that that mosasaurus in Jurassic World. Mm, yeah. That big boy is really scary. When then there uh I went and saw remember that movie that came out recently that the Meg movie? Yeah, that giant shark. So the whole idea was that it was from a de- a deep part of the ocean, and it was able to somehow like make it to the surface. It's like a prehistoric shark situation. So was it like an actual megalodon? Yes, as, as they existed. Man, yes, that's yeah. That should it was a fun little movie. Me. It was, yeah. you know, it was like I I have a soft spot for those like animal attacking movies. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. obviously we love Jaws, but even like the offshoots of Jaws or like Piranha, all that stuff. Like I just like it. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the whole idea of like nature fighting back against humans it. being turds. <laughs> I'm definitely into it. So, I mean, if you ever can watch it for free, I don't think it's a waste of your time, is what I'm saying. I would totally be into that. Well, especially because of the prehistoric element. Sure. But yeah, that was a good story, man. Yeah, that's the St. Augustine monster. Uh, So now I got to think of the next thing to do for a Patreon episode. I'm sure I'll wait till the last. Actually, I've had this one written for probably close to a month, but I might end up waiting till the last minute to write another one. So if anybody Mm. wants to send in a suggestion, go for it. Yeah, I feel like I made a list. I've started to kind of think of ideas and I should probably reference that once more. So these are always fun, though. You guys are paying to hear this, so, like, if you need me to knock it off with, like, cryptids and spooky stories, I can do that. If you're just like, I need I need murder from you, then I will give you murder. <laughs> I can kill you some people. I'm now, just... we, might, we might end up pushing some spooky stuff into the free feed instead, because, like, we, we don't want to give up our spooky shit. No. But, but since y'all are paying, we want to do what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, so, that's it for this one. Uh, thank you, as always, to Justin from Mysterious Circumstances, Audrey Arndt, Jessica Ashley, Hope Brazel, Patton Fuquay, Allison Klima, Kathy Lind, Janet Logan, and Terry Quillen. Bye. Bye. Bye.